it's a privilege to be in your midst this morning and I've been looking forward to it. You know, um, the nice day in New York, it's somewhat sunny, but it's like 40 something degrees, you know, so it's pretty chilly and I do not enjoy the cold, but you have to deal with it, you know? Um, so this morning I have the word that the Lord has given me to present to you and I'm going to do such thing by presenting the word of God to you. I, the book of Acts, I know you're all studying it right now and it's a beautiful book, excellent. And it was actually my favorite book um, in high school because in Jamaica, you know, you do religious education in high school. And I, I studied this book so much. I fell in love with it so much that, you know, this was a book that really turned me on to the gospel. That really prompted me because I fell in love with it because I saw the wisdom in it. I saw the power in it. And I said, you know, this is awesome. And so when I remember when I took my GCE, I took five subjects and religious education was one of them. And it was Acts of the Apostle. And I did it. And um, it was the subject that I got the highest grade in. I'll never forget it. I wish I had a paper. <laughs> but I got the highest grade A plus in this subject. And little did I know that God was preparing me for the ministry even back then you know even back then he was preparing me even though the enemy tried to sidetrack me and wanted me at one point to um to go into the police force and it was my mom that said to me no son that's not for you and so i changed my mind and i went into the ministry bible college and graduated and went back to Jamaica and I preached in the church for many years and then I came back here. So God has had his hand on my life for some time now, directing me through his Holy Spirit to do his purpose and his will. And so this morning I'm going to present the word from to you from Acts of the Apostle, chapter 1, verse 4 through 8, I would say. Um, let's pray. Father, I thank you for the privilege again, again, I never take it for granted, Father, never, 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 that you have given me to dish out your word to the sheep. Lord, I pray that I will not speak, but you will speak to your people. Just use the vessel to speak. I give you permission. I am yours and you are mine. So go ahead and speak, Holy Spirit, to the people that is before me. And I give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Uh-huh. And Sister Eva called me and gave me this, um, this text from... Um, Acts chapter 1, verse 4. I looked at it carefully. I said, Lord, how do I approach this? And he says, approach it the way I tell you to approach it. 
and no other way. When it comes to the works of the kingdom, when it comes to the work of the kingdom of God, your education, your degree, your affluence really doesn't count. It really does not count. It doesn't count. And many of us, by not realizing that, we struggle. We struggle in ministry. We struggle in every aspect of our life because we are depending on our flesh, our earthly ability to do the things that God has called us to do. And that doesn't work, never work, never will work. And so this morning, it's really a topic that means a lot to me because it speaks of the Holy Spirit and the power that comes with the Holy Spirit. He's a person, he's not a thing. He's a person that wants to be active and alive in the saints of God, if we will allow him. After Jesus' crucifixion, the redemption of mankind was sealed. It was sealed. And he went to be with his father to regain the glory that he left to come to this earth to pay the price that you and I could not pay to the father. But he started a work. Yes, he started a work. He, he began to teach or proclaim the gospel, teach the kingdom, and demonstrate the kingdom. That's the work he started. Yes. Just before he ascended, it is said that after he was crucified, he appeared 40 days to his disciples, and he taught them many things about the kingdom. That's the work he began teaching and doing the kingdom of God. You might say he began to collect the elect. The first elect, he started collecting. They were a small group at first, but just before he ascended, he had 120 gathered in the upper room in Jerusalem and several hundred more in Galilee. So here we are now, just before his ascension, he appeared to his disciples over a period of 40 days, speaking concerning the kingdom. Just before his ascension to, to regain his glory and to sit at his father's right hand and to be given the title as savior of mankind. <laughs> 
He assembled his disciples. He commanded them. What was the ultimate reason for the command? I'm going to read the scripture. The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus. Theophilus means lover of God. Concerning all that Jesus began both to do and to teach until the day when he was taken up. After he had given command through the Holy Spirit to the apostle whom he had chosen, to whom he presented himself alive after his passion by many infallible proof, appearing to them for 40 days and speaking concerning the kingdom of God, being assembled with them, he commanded them, do not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, of which you have heard from me. For Jesus baptized, for, for John baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. What was the ultimate reason for his command? Verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit come upon you, and you shall be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now, this is a mammal task. Mama task that Jesus is giving his apostles to do. That would require in today's world a master's degree, a doctorate degree in divinity, or at least a bachelor. Or at least a bachelor. Let me stop at this moment and ask you a question. I'm asking myself the question also. What is he asking you to do? That seems impossible, ridiculous, because you're looking at your fleshly ability, your weaknesses. What is it? Ask yourself the question. I am asking myself the question, and I know the answer. What is it that he's asking you to do that seemed ridiculous and impossible? Because you're looking at your own ability. God does not ask us to do anything, anything for the kingdom unless he has first equipped us with the capacity to accomplish that task. He always equipped his people with the capacity they need to do his work. He never leave us alone in our earthly flesh to accomplish anything for the kingdom because it is totally impossible. God always seemed to ask us to do the impossible because he knows what he has planned. When you look at it, he's asking the disciples to go to Jerusalem no, Jerusalem, they had just crucified him there. He's asking them to go there. 
Judea is where they rejected him. Samaria, terrible people, Gentiles, they don't like the Jews. And to the end of the earth. But Jesus knew exactly where the message needed to go. He knew exactly where he needed to get the message out. And these are the places. He knew they could not have accomplished it on their own. He knew very well. So he commanded them to wait on the Holy Spirit. Wait on the Holy Spirit. What is he saying to you this morning? What is he saying to you this morning? When he speaks to them, he's speaking to us. He's saying to you and I, the same thing he said to the apostles, disciples, wait on the Holy Spirit. Don't try to do anything where the kingdom of God is concerned without the Holy Spirit. We are powerless without him. But who is he? Who is the Holy Spirit? Why is he so important? He's the power source of the Godhead. He's the power source of the Godhead. <laughs> without him, no evangelistic program is effective, no matter how good it is. No matter how good your evangelistic program is in your church, without the Holy Spirit, it is zero. Zero. None effect. Because he's a power source. He's the one that gives us the power to go forward, to accomplish the things that the kingdom of God requires of us. No, edu no early education can help that. In Genesis chapter 1, we see where when God looked on the earth, it was pure confusion. And the scripture says the Holy Spirit hover over the earth. And the Lord opened his mouth and he says, let there be light. And it was created. Let there be and it was created. Let there be and it was created. Who did the creating? The Holy Spirit the power source of the Godhead. The power source of the Godhead. And he wants to do the same thing in your life and my life. But we have to give him permission. He requires permission from us. He says you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. What does baptism mean? It means immersion. You'll be immersed. Have you ever seen a person baptized? How wet do they get? Very wet. Because they go way under the water. You have to be covered under the Holy Spirit to accomplish anything for the kingdom of God. Because we live in a dark world, a wicked world. And only the Holy Spirit can help us to deal with that. We cannot deal with it with our own wisdom. And as you, you examine 
Acts of the Apostle right through, you will see that truth comes out to you. After the Holy Spirit came upon these apostles and they went out, they were able to do marvelous work, heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead. They could not have done that if they went out on their own without the Holy Spirit. That's why he said, wait, don't leave Jerusalem. Wait until the Holy Spirit come. They turned the world upside down that the Sanhedrin wanted to kill them, put them in prison. All because the power source was with them. The power source was with them. No matter how many degrees you possess, if you are not baptized, immersed in the Holy Spirit, you cannot be effective in evangelizing the lost. You cannot be. I remember being in Kenya and we went out to evangelize them on the road. Myself, Ruth, and the pastor that interpret. And I meet the people and I said, Lord, how should I approach them? What should I say first? And I hear the Holy Spirit said to me, speak to them about the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. Speak to them about the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. And I said, okay. And the first person I met, I think it was Charles. And I started talking to him about the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. And he could relate. He listened carefully. And then I asked him if he wants to accept the kingdom of light. And he says, yes. He said, yes. And I held his hand and he made the confession. And when he came to church that night, bringing so many people with him, mostly 12 or 15 people, the Holy Spirit pulled them, draw them. To come to hear the gospel. My degree couldn't help me. My, my master's degree couldn't help me. But the Holy Spirit was able to communicate with me. Because he knows what the Africans can relate to. He said, you open your mouth and speak to him about that. And I use it all the time and the people were responding. They were responding. I sat, sat in front of these five ladies. They're speaking to them about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. And they were listening to it like if, you, if a pin drop, you could hear it. They were listening. What we have as children of God is marketable. People need it. And they need it desperately. But we have to be sensitive to the working of the Holy Spirit. We have to be sensitive. We have to acknowledge him. We have to acknowledge his presence. Speak to him. He's a person. In the morning when I get up and I pray, you know what I do when I finish praying? I said, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Speak to me because I know you're real. I know you're in this room. Speak to me. And I have a book beside me. And whatever I hear, I write it down. 
is the power source of the Godhead. The Church of Christ has unlimited capacity for growth. The Church of the Living God has unlimited capacity for growth. How do I know that? Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. That means the church can keep growing and growing until the last person on earth accept Jesus Christ. Jesus says the path of the just is like the morning sun shining ever brighter till the full light of day. God does not lie. He says this in Habakkuk 22.14 For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the water covers the sea. This means that the church will dominate in the last days. The church will dominate. But it depends on how much we are immersed in the Holy Spirit. The largest church in the world is in South Korea. The founder and senior minister was Yonki Chow. You know what he did on Sunday morning? He would put a chair in the center of the platform Nobody sits in it. He says, that's the Holy Spirit sits there. He says, the Holy Spirit sits there. The Holy Spirit was preeminent in his life and ministry. The largest church in the world. He died recently. Church growth, evangelism, begins with prayer and intercession. Church growth, evangelism, slash evangelism, begins with prayer and intercession. We must pray without ceasing, asking the Holy Spirit to bring those who are lost in your face. Bring them in your face. And give you the words that you would, you would speak with, that would prick their heart to surrender. I recently at the office, I spoke with this co-worker of mine. And we've been talking to him for a while about the Lord. He's from my country, Jamaica. And I spoke with him and, and he told me of his past and and about the Lord, I told him, and he has to accept the Lord based on what the Lord has done for him, has protected him, has guided him. I said, you have to do this. And you know, <laughs> one day I went to work and he said to me, Donald, I went to church on Sunday and I accepted the Lord. And I'm going to be baptized on Wednesday. Could you work for me that day so I could go get baptized? I said, certainly, I will do it. I was not scheduled to work that day. I said, yes, I'll come in and do it. And I came in and I worked for him. 
and he went and he got baptized and he brought it, took a video of it and he brought it and he showed it to me. And you know, a few days ago, I was talking to him, I was he was reflecting and he started telling me of the, some of the deeds that he was involved in before he came to accept Jesus Christ. And when I sat there and I listened to that young man told me about the things that he did I wanted to use the bathroom immediately. I was traumatized. I had to tell him, hold on, hold your thoughts. I got to go. He laughed. <laughs> he laughed. But it, it, I, can't, I can't even speak of the things on, online that the young man told me. I said, my God. And his life is completely changed. He doesn't miss a Bible study any Wednesday. All because of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit saw his heart and knew that he was a good person. He just needed to know the plan of salvation. There are many people like that. There are many people that you move around daily that are good people. They know, they, they, they acknowledge God, but they have never accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. The Holy Spirit wants to reach them. And he wants to use you and I. He sincerely wants to use you and I. We are the vessel. He cannot do without the vessel. He needs the vessel. To reach these people. Scripture says the Holy Spirit is the Lord of the harvest. He's the Lord of the harvest. The problem is we have left the Holy Spirit behind and that is why we struggle. We struggle so much. We struggle because we have left him behind. We struggle in our marriage. We struggle in our career. We struggle in our ministry. We struggle with decision-making because we don't know how to depend on him. We have left the power behind. Trying to do it on our own and it doesn't work. In Revelation chapter 14, verse 6, we understand that in the last days, the angels, yes, the angels will be active in the plan of salvation. Yeah, mm -hmm. the holy angels, they will be active in bringing people to be saved. <laughs> you remember the story of Cornelius? Or oh, the angel appeared to him and said, your good deeds have come up before the Lord. He was a good man. Cornelius was a Gentile. A good man. Love the poor. Give to the poor. But he never knew the Lord. He never knew the plan of salvation. And the angel said to him, the harvesting angel said to him, go to Simon Peter. He's staying by the river with a man called Simon the Tanner. And Cornelius sent his soldiers to Find 
Peter. And when they found him, they brought him to the house of Cornelius. And when he got there, a Jew speaking to a Gentile, it is forbidden. And when he got there, he saw Cornelius and his entire family. And Cornelius invited all his friends. And he started telling them about salvation, about Jesus Christ and what he did for us. And the scripture says, while he was speaking, the Holy Spirit came upon them. The Holy Spirit came upon them. And they were all baptized by Peter. You see, the holy angels are active in the last days in bringing people to salvation. They're active. They just want some body, bodies to use. Yes, they just want bodies to use. I am saying to you and I this morning, let our vessel be available to him. Let our vessel be available to him to use to speak to people, good people, who know there's a God, but they don't accept Jesus Christ. They don't know that, that there's no way they can make it unless they accept him, because he's the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through him. Yes, the angels will be active. So when you pray, pray that God will send the harvesting angels to bring these people to you. They're ready to accept it. Just bring them to you and you will do the work. That's how it works. There are people just like Carninos. Just like him out there. You move around them every day at work. They are every day there at work. The angels can preach the gospel, but they can mobilize people. They can preach the gospel, but they can mobilize people to come to hear the word being preached. They'll hold their hands and bring them to church. So pray and ask God to release the harvesting angels, the mobilizing angels, and let them come. Bring the people, bring them to salvation. The number one priority of the Holy Spirit is the souls of men. The souls of men. That is his number one priority. And it has to be our number one priority also. It has to be if we say we love him. He used Peter to declare the gospel to Cornelius. He will use you. He will use me to do the same. He will use us. I'm telling you, he will use you. But you must make yourself available to him. He's waiting. While you struggle to do it on your own. 
when I spoke to Pastor Larry a few weeks ago, he says, Donald, there's so many people coming to the church. He says, people are coming to me saying that we have heard what is happening at the church and we want to be a part of it. Do you think the group that went to Kenya just went there because they feel like it? The Holy Spirit was very active in taking us to Kenya so that we could meet people like Charles and the different people that he wanted to save. Yes, very active. And here we are. We came back to the States. And sometimes I look at myself and I said, did I really go to Kenya? It seemed like I never left there. But he took us and were able to present the gospel to these people and they accepted the gospel and they are saved. And we come back now and he's saying to us, go back again. Go and establish the work and then move on somewhere else. It's all the Holy Spirit. It's nothing to do with you. Nothing at all to do with you. And when we go back the next time, it will be even more effective. He's going to use us in ways that we have never seen. Because he has people there who needs to be saved. He has people there who needs to be saved. He said the work is not complete. Go back. People, listen to what I'm saying. Make yourself available to the Holy Spirit. He's waiting. He's waiting. He's waiting patiently. Don't struggle no more. Don't struggle to evangelize anymore. Just let him take over. Let him give you the power to speak to these people. He will ignite their heart to accept what you're saying. But it has to start with us. It has to. My father never accepted the Lord until he was old. And I remember my brother and I would talk to him about the Lord all the time. He never listened. He would drink his rum and sit on the veranda and listen to his music. And he took a man from Australia, all the way from Australia, the Holy Spirit brought him from, to come and sit on the veranda with my father and spoke to him about salvation, spoke to him about the Lord. And my father said, yes, I will accept him. And he accepted the Lord and he went to church and he got baptized. And he started going every Sunday would be in church with my mom. And when I looked at him, a few, I remember looking at him in church and I saw this baby-like figure before me, just like a baby in church. And I said, look at that. Just look at that. All these years we have been speaking to him and he took a man all the way from Australia. The Holy Spirit had to bring him to speak to my dad. And after he accepted the Lord, and started serving the Lord, it wasn't like two or, two or three years that he got a stroke 
and he died. Yeah. There are people out there who are waiting on you to talk to them. They're waiting, but you are delaying. Allow the Holy Spirit to give you the power that you need to open your mouth and speak to them. You can't be afraid. Can't be afraid. Souls are too valuable to be lost. They're too valuable. I take pleasure in evangelism. Just to talk to people and to see them accept Jesus Christ and their life change. Immediately, you see it in their face. That's what the Holy Spirit will do. Just like he did with Peter, James, and John and all the apostles in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. Turn the world upside down. All because the Holy Spirit, the power source of the Godhead was with them. So this morning, I'm telling you, Start from today. From today, start. Allow the Holy Spirit to work with you mightily. Forget about your flesh. Just give him the opportunity. And he will show you what mighty deeds he can do with you. That's what he wants. And that's what he's telling me to tell you this morning. To drive it home. That is waiting on you to surrender, to surrender to him and he will do the work. He will do the work. You just watch and see. You just observe. Just, uh, you know, I heard um, Catherine Kuhlman said something. She said, a very profound, she said, when I'm preaching, I, it, she said, it amazes me. When I just, I just stand back and I watch the Holy Spirit just work. Just work, just work. She said, it's not me. She said, she said, I don't do the work. I don't stand back and watch him. And he works. She said, when I'm finished preaching, I'm not tired. I didn't do any work. I just watch him work. I just watch him work. Just make yourself available to him. He wants to use us. He wants to build his church. He wants souls to be saved. He wished for none to perish, but to all to come to eternal life. That's what he says and he, mean, he means it. But he wants his saints, those who have accepted him, who know him, to make themselves available to him. Available to him. And that's the message that he asked me to give to you this morning. Whether you accept it or not, is totally your choice. But he says, tell them, I want to use them. But they must make themselves available to me. They must be immersed with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Thank you. I have delivered. I have delivered. Thank you, Lord.